Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 81 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. My guest today is a beer-drinking buddy of the Bouncers. He's a graduate of the Ring of Honor Dojo. And I know this guy. He is one nasty SOB. He is Ken Dixon. Ken In the flesh. Actually, I dropped out. I don't know if you remember that episode of TV. I think it might have been the 500 episode when I broke that bottle on Dante's head and I kicked yeah. Derek uh, in that lesser region. Uh, yeah, so I dropped out. I quit yeah. school. Yeah, I guess I was trying to put a positive spin on it, Ken. I was trying to say. Nah, we don't have to church it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're the you're the guy that the uh, the trainers, the coaches that uh, they don't really talk about. Like you're you're not the you're not the picture uh, they're going to put in the brochure as like a model student. No, I'm okay with that. Um, to be honest, uh, so I mean, let's let's just cut to the chase. I have a real job. I don't sit around in an apartment with six other dudes talking about how I live for wrestling. I have a job. I have a family to support. Uh, so when I come to the dojo, I'm angry. I'm angry because I got up at 3.30 in the morning to go work for somebody that I don't like and make them a ton of money. And by the time I finish my commute, I want to go to the dojo and hit someone. But instead, we're working on short arm scissors. That sucks. I don't want to come and play Twister. I want to come and hit someone. Like, I already got a job I don't like. Why am I going to come to the dojo and do another one? So, well, I, you know, I, forgive me if I don't want to come in and, and, you know, play hide the pickle with Will Farrar and John Gresham. I don't do whatever. All right. Well, I see. I see why. I mean, I understand your point of view. But I also get why. Um, you know, they see you as. I don't kind get of, paid by the hour. Like we don't get paid by the hour in professional wrestling. This is a combat sport. Like the sooner I break you or submit you, the sooner I can go home. The sooner I get paid, and the sooner I can take mom out to a steak dinner. It's easy. You guys want to hang out, and you know everybody is playing. They're playing chess, right? Everybody in wrestling is playing chess. Ken Dixon's playing checkers because I don't have a lot of time to spare. And I can beat you a lot faster. I got to give it to you, Ken. That's the first time I've ever heard that twist on the checkers and chess game. You know, obviously, it's every, everybody says, oh, they're playing checkers. I'm playing chess. I'm so far ahead. But you embrace playing checkers. It's simple. It's an easy game. I hit you. You hit the ground. I win. I, I'm not really into holds. I'm I not mean, into that stuff. When you put it that way, you know, I can't really, I can't really argue with you. And I don't want to argue with you anyway. Let, let's, there's a perfect segue. Um, here's the thing. Like, Ken, you and I have known each other for several years. and A while. A while. And every time I introduce someone on this podcast that I have history with, that I've known, I'll do the Mean Gene Okerlund line of, you know, my close, longtime personal friend, et cetera, et cetera. I can't do that with you because even though we've known each other for a while, I don't think we've ever, <laughs> not only close, longtime personal friends, I don't think we've ever been friends, period. I mean, I, I, you just, I've never gotten the impression that you liked me very much, Ken. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, acquaintances in wrestling, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, you can trust people as far as you can throw them. And most guys, you guys can't throw very far. So well, I, I, wanna... I, I wouldn't feel bad if I was you because uh, the short list is who I do trust. Uh, and none of them are in the wrestling business. So I know I wouldn't take that personal. But if you want right. to, you can. Whatever. No, no, no. I, I won't. I won't take it personal. I, believe me, the last person I, I really want to beef with is is you, Ken. 
Uh, but nice I do guy. have to, I do want to clear this up because recently we had a little back and forth on Twitter. I oh, when, Twitter when, you, about, uh, uh, when you abused my mental health in the yeah, anti-bully see, months. Jeez. No, no. no. See, here's wow. what happened. Let's set for Be a star, Twitter. Kevin. <laughs> here's what happened for people who obviously, you know, probably a lot of people didn't see it. Here comes uh, the spin. No, no, no spin. I'm going to tell it like it is. I, my X-Files column, which I'll quickly plug, comes out every Friday on ROHwrestling.com. I referred to Brian Malonis as, well, first I complimented him. And I said he is a legitimate threat to the pure championship because I believe that. He was impressive against Eric Martin, okay? He's a monster. So, he's a monster. I complimented him. But I referred to him as the self-proclaimed best pound-for-pound pure wrestler in the world because I think that's accurate. Now, Brian took issue and felt that was some show of disrespect that I used the word self-proclaimed and then Bruiser chimed in and you chimed in and everybody thought this was some big show of disrespect. But he is the self-proclaimed. Slanderous. It was slanderous. But he is the self-proclaimed. Just because everybody else is living in denial. (laughs) Well, what I really didn't appreciate. Brian's a technical mastodon. Hey, hey, Malonis has impressed me, you know. But I can't call him for be- the best pound-for-pound wrestler because that's not a proven fact. I would say right now the best pound-for-pound pure wrestler is Josh Woods because he has the championship. Certainly eh. Jonathan Gresham with everything he's done over the past year plus. Uh, Malonis has still proven himself. And look, I- I'm impressed, you know. Color me impressed. But he's not, he's not there yet. And I think down deep, he-, he-, he knows that. I think this is a lot of bluster. Uh, this is, you know, he likes to, uh, he'll need to talk. He's going in the ring and he's proving it. But what I, what, here's what I didn't appreciate, Ken, is, is you started a hashtag cancel Kevin X. <laughs> now, nah, come on. That, that's a little, I mean, really? I liked it. I thought it was funny. Uh, and that's really the only, only reason I use social media is to pop myself. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's, let's move beyond that. Let's move beyond that. Let me just ask you this. What, what has it been like for you, uh, working with the bouncers, being associated with them. It seems to me like, obviously, like it's a natural because both of you guys, or all three of you guys like to beat people up. Uh, you like to drink beer. You're no-nonsense kind of guys. You're bra- barroom brawlers, except for Malonis, who is the... He's pure. He's pure. Uh, I was going to say the self-proclaimed thing again, but I'm not <laughs> going to get off of that. Uh, you guys actually teamed together for the first time way before we saw you on TV together, right? It was, it was at a Future of Honor show, right? It was, yeah. And so what, what's, this, what's this partnership been like? I get the feeling it's been that fun. doesn't really like you. I think he's warming. Uh, I can't tell if we're still in the friendly, uh, you know, the friendly teasing or if he just genuinely doesn't like me. Whatever. Anyway, I get to show up to work. I get to drink beer. I get to make fun of people and give Ian Riccoboni wet willies. Uh, uh, who else has a better job than me right now? Like, I will say I'm itching to do something. Because um, ever since that tag against Bennett and Taven, they've kind of put me on the shelf. I got I to gotta earn their trust. So I'm kind of hoping that, uh, you know, we can get back on the good foot and do the bad thing and start hurting some people again soon. I think there's, uh, there's some sides to Ken Dixon that Ring of Honor has not, you know, been fortunate enough to see yet. Well, I'll attest to that fact, as, as, we, as we alluded to. I, I'm very familiar with what you've done on the independent circuit, specifically MCW, but some other places. Um, so I, I know you've just kind of scratched the surface of what you can do in Ring of Honor, and people are going to find that out. I have no doubt about that. 
let me ask you right now about um, what what is going on with like you you just alluded to it giving wet willies to Ian Riccoboni. Now Ian Riccoboni is not a wrestler. He's a color. He's a commentator. His color commentator uh, Caprice Coleman, who actually is a wrestler. Uh, what is this with you guys always crashing the announce table and and just really I would say you're going after Ian, but um, you know Caprice is right there. Caprice is not a guy to mess with. I guess that remains to be seen. Uh, you know it, it sucks to suck. You know those guys want to run their mouths, then you know there's see everybody lives in this world everybody on social media in real life these guys live in this world where they're just surrounded by this moat of protection that you think that just because you're in a position or you got a tie on or you got some cute glasses that you can't get punched in the face for running your mouth like everybody does all this tough talk on, on social media and like what happens when we're in the same locker room we're in the same building oh then it's pleasantries and these little you know cheesy handshakes with two fingers are light nice it's disgusting and it's pathetic. And that's how I can tell that none of these guys have ever worked in a real environment before. They come straight into wrestling and into, into this nonsense where, you know, they're just put up on this platform and everybody's just supposed to kiss their feet. Well, I mean, it's pathetic. Okay. I mean, that's certainly your point of view. And, and uh, obviously you're entitled to your opinion. I, I don't, you know, you say Ian runs his mouth. I mean, that's kind of what he gets paid to do is, is, is he's the play by then, then, then he should be ready to suffer the consequences. Okay. Well, that's I mean, life. Reason, if, I, if I run my mouth, if I go out and run my mouth about Roosh or the Briscoes, I bet, bet your ass I'm going to be looking over my shoulder because they're going to come for me when they hear about it. And well, I expect that. So I, I wouldn't say that if I didn't want to get beat up or fight anybody. Well, sure, because you're a competitor. Uh, Ian, even though he is undefeated, he is 1-0. He did, he did drop a big elbow on uh, Brian Johnson. Um, you know, he's not really a competitor. So I, but, here, but, you know, like I said, you know who is a competitor? That's Caprice Coleman. And, Been in the uh, ring with Caprice before. I know you have. And, I, and so you know, Caprice is a color commentator by choice. The guy is still yep. in tremendous shape. He's a, yes, champion. He he's a champion on the independent circuit. He still wrestles regularly. I, I just don't know, and this is what I, I, I wrote this, and I'm sure you guys didn't like this either. I don't know if it's the best thing to keep going over there and pushing Caprice because it's like I said, the old cliche, don't mistake kindness for, for weakness with Caprice. Well, I think buttons are fun to push because you don't really know what's going to happen when you push the button. So, you I know. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, th I think this situation is fun to watch from the outside. Maybe, you know, maybe I, I, I'm just, like I said, I'm trying to get back into good graces. Maybe I can, I can step in and handle the light work for the Beer City Bruiser. I don't know. Uh, but I think this is, this is fun. This is fun to me. This is a, a, a story unfolding of, of a nerd and his, his lovely defender coming out of the woodwork to save him from getting a, a Melvin and dunked in the toilet. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to say it's not compelling. I mean, I, I can't, you know, uh, when you guys go over there and mess with those guys, I, I, I do. Uh, it catches my attention. I have this feeling. It catches everybody's attention because nobody's, nobody's, nobody's got the sack to do that kind of stuff. Well, nobody's got the, um, 
well, the sack is one way to the put fortitude, it. The, whatever, or or they're just or they're just not terrible people. So I, I mean, gonna, we can be terrible people going. if we want. That's where I was going. No one really has the gall. I think was the word to do it because I think they understand the the boundary and there's a line you don't cross. You know, like you said, Roos or, Bri- or the Briscoes run their mouth about you. Yeah, you can do something about it. Um, but again, you guys are all competitors. You you get down in the ring and and do your fighting. Uh, you know, the announcers aren't really there for that. But I, I feel like um, I feel like you guys are going to continue to push them. And you know, we've seen this play out on, on TV uh, for a few weeks and on ROH week by week. I, I just I get this feeling like this is going to come to a head. Good in, in the next few. Like I feel like something's going to happen in the next few weeks. That's just. It seems we got to do something to turn heads at Ring of Honor, and if that's what it has to, if that's what it is, then so be it. Then they'll just, you know, it is what it is. Okay, let me move back uh, onto the ROH dojo because I really do want to talk about it. As you said, um, you you didn't really, you didn't really fit in with the dojo system, with what the coaches were were trying to teach. But let me let me ask you first of all, how did you? Uh, and we're going to get into your origin story later. I want to talk about your wrestling journey, your personal journey, but let's start for a second with the Ring of Honor Dojo. How did you make your way to the dojo? How did how did Ken Dixon get in the front door of the dojo? Uh, I mean, I I showed up. Everybody that's ever been to a camp was told to keep coming, keep mm-hmm. coming back. You know, show us something new when you come back. So I did. You know, if there was a camp that came up and I didn't feel like I had anything new to show, I didn't go. But I back and I kept coming back. And now Dojo's 15 minutes from my house. Like, oh man, I gotta do something big now. Uh and I guess I did. Uh by the end of the weekend, there was a spot for me on Monday. So it's pretty simple. I came in, I did what I do. Um and it was fun. It was fun to start. I liked being there. Uh just you know, it's just uh pure wrestling is not for me. Yeah, I get that. I absolutely get that. And here's the thing I know about you, Ken, is is you could do it if you wanted to. Like, I can. It's just not a strong suit, and I just don't care. Like, I, I'm good at what I do, and that's what I like. So how did you feel when um, Gresham, obviously Jonathan Gresham is a coach there, Will Ferrara, when they came up with this idea, which is obviously, you know, we've talked about it here before, the dojo system that we're doing now, it's, it's based heavily on the New Japan Pro Wrestling Young Boys system where they take guys, strip them down, put on black tights, black boots, nondescript. Now, guys like yourself and Joe Keys and Dante and others, you guys have been on the independent scene and, and carved out a niche for yourselves and created, uh, you know, you had very uh, defined personas. How did you feel when they said, yeah, take all that and, and put that away and put on these black tights and, and step in line? So, I mean, I wear black trunks anyway. Uh, you know, they might have a little something on them, but that's just me anyway. Uh, I really, I'm an adult. Like, I'm 37 years old. Uh, a little bit of a slap in the face because I'm an adult. I make my own choices. Um, if they become mutually beneficial, then that's how they are. But at the end of the day, it's my choice. Uh, but that was a time where I had to suck it up because that was my foot in the door. That was my chance to get out in front of the world rather than just kind of waste away like some of the other guys were doing. We broke out because we were the cream of the crop. 
And then I took my chance. And who was in that dojo class when you first started? It was it was Joe. The first class, it was Joe, myself, Dante, uh, Brian Johnson. was Man, Dak there was Draper in there too? Was Dak Draper in there at that point? I he, I can't remember if he was in the first class with us or if he came in the second. But either way, he's been there. Okay. Um, he's been there. SOS came. You know, a couple of guys that are other places now came. Uh, we had a really good class. I mean, then and it was a, a challenging class because everybody's like it was competitive because everybody's trying to push the bar. Uh, everybody's trying to one up each other. And it wasn't, and to me, it didn't seem like in a bad way. I mean, again, I don't, I never walked into a place like that with an ego uh, because I have a job. Like I know where my next meal is coming from. So I don't walk in there trying to stab anybody in the back. I'd rather stab people in the chest because then you know, we get that little bit of eye contact and you know it was me. I don't do stuff behind people's back. Well, it, I, I give uh, you that. You, you are, you're a straight shooter. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, it was a it's a very competitive environment in a good way. Um, when Gresham came and joined as a coach, that you know he's got a mean streak. Uh, you know, you guys can can tout all this pure wrestling all you want, but you know, there's a couple of matches in that pure tournament where he destroyed guys. Yeah, like he he took guys to the point where they had to ref stop the referee stoppage. So he's not as pure and clean as you guys seem to think he is. Um, he's nasty. He's a nasty competitor. And there's a lot of guys in that pure division that are destroyers. And then, you know, it's so I'll give them that. So yes. I like watching that. That's what I like watching. But I don't like watching, sitting, watching, you know, guys play chess for three hours. Not a fan. Well, you made a great point about Gresham. I mean, there, I, I can't remember who it was exactly, but I remember him uh, just pounding. I don't remember him either. I just remember the guy, just somebody getting destroyed. And we never yeah. saw that guy again. I remember him elbowing some guy. I mean, it might have been, was it Wheeler, Utah? I don't know, just going to might work. have been Utah. I remember Flip getting formed in the face to his head came off. Like, what's pure about that? Like, I remember violence. that, too. I have a feeling that might John have... Gresham can call himself as pure as he wants. John Gresham is violent. Well, he's, a, he's, he's pure, but he's, a ba- he's badass. I mean, you can be both. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I suppose. Okay. Well, I, guess, I guess for you... Let me ask you this question, Ken. Everyone knows you can fight, you can brawl. Wouldn't it prove something if maybe you entered the pure division and could take down some of these pure guys, beat them at their own game? Kind of like Malonis is doing. I guess. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm sure it could work. I'm sure I could have some fun with it, you know, stretching some people out. Um, it's not a big fan of rules. Well, that's what I was going to um, say. I don't, I don't, the rules I don't, are a little tighter in pure wrestling and uh, – I like to bend the rules that I already have. So to add more rules is just uh, it's more to remember. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I think you, even though you're good, obviously, at what you do, you may have trouble winning a single match in the pure division just because you're allowed one closed fist to the face. The second just time, one. Well, just one. The second time you're disqualified, you probably wouldn't make it past two or three minutes in any of the, in any pure <laughs> match. I would <laughs> Just don't think it's whatever. She's not in your DNA. I think that, that it is not, what it is. Yeah, it's it is life. Let me ask you about the um, the competition, if there was one in the dojo, because everyone wants to make it onto the main roster. Everybody wants to make it right. onto TV. These are guys that you came up with, many of them in MCW. So these are guys you're familiar with. Was it a uh, what was the competition like? Was it kind of a friendly competition? 
or uh, well, let me ask you this. What was it like for you to see some of these guys maybe get opportunities while you were still waiting for yours, knowing that, you know, you're, you're those guys are younger than you. Uh, maybe those guys were playing by the rules a little bit more and following instructions. Nah, there's definitely no rules. Uh, everybody's pushing. Everybody's pushing. Uh, you know, every, you know, you hear the trust the process a lot, yeah. but th that process is only going to get you good at setting up the ring. Uh, sometimes you got to break the rules and, a lot of guys do a little extra. Uh, I, I don't know. I've always just kind of, let's just take things naturally. Uh, I like to watch. Um, I think this stuff is friendly to me, but you know, I'm sure if there are other people conspiring to do whatever they're going to do, that's fine. I don't care. Uh, I think it's funny when people have to go out of their way to bring someone else down. Yeah. Uh, I, cause I, I'd, I'd just rather do it in front of you. That way you can see it. It's a little more fun for me that way. Uh, sneaking around is that's not fun. Like th then you don't get the recognition you got for when you take somebody down. Cause then you got to hide and lie about it. I'd rather just you know, sweep the rug out from under your feet and you get to watch. I'll say this about um, you, Ken. You, you always know where you stand with you. You always know where you stand with Ken Dixon and it's usually not good. He usually, I, I mean, and so that, that's, that's been a benefit and, and, a, and a, I guess the gift and a curse for me. It's cost me some opportunities in life, uh, in wrestling, uh, you know, uh, because I don't like to mince words. I, that's, all, that's all we have are our words. So I just use the ones I have, and most of them aren't very clean. Uh, that's it. I just, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at in my life. Well, and let's bring this full circle. Like, uh, fortunately for you, uh, you found some like-minded individuals. Because, uh, you know, I, here's the thing. I, I knew Bruiser and, um, and Malonis back in the day, you know, a couple, it's like a year, probably like a year ago. Like these were good dudes. Like I like these guys and uh, I, I don't know what's happened to them, but um, you seem like the perfect fit for them. I don't think anybody necessarily cares for any of you guys and you don't like anybody else. It's like, good. I think you like, so I, I, I think guys like the bouncers, they're the big guys, you know, you're going to have a good time with them. But how many, how many of my beers are you going to come take? before you decide that you want to bring me a six pack to refill, how many, how many guys come up to us in locker rooms and go, you got an extra beer. Not for you, man. Not for you. I got plenty for me. <laughs> uh, I think, I think the days of, of providing everyone else's entertainment are done for the bouncers. And I, I'm more than happy to help, help them usher in that new era. Well, I, I, like I said, I think it's definitely a good fit. I think now that they've embraced this new attitude that they've had for a while now, uh, yeah, you're a perfect fit for that. There's no question about it. All right, well, we're going to take our first break. We're just getting started here. We're going to talk about the origin of Ken Dixon right after this. It's been fun playing wrestling with y'all. But we got something even better. Yeah! Honor Nation, it's the ROH Wrestling Honor Pals, the body-slamming, drop-kicking way to keep the fun going. We need some tougher competition. El Puro Jay Driller! She's the new Honor Pals champion. ROH Wrestling Honor Pals. Bring home your favorite star at shophonor.com. All right, we are back in the ROH Strong Podcast with Ken Dixon. Ken, let's go back to the <coughs> early days. Let's go back to... Um, a young Ken Dixon. I can't even picture you as a kid. You know what? You, you, you kind of, actually, I can. If I think about it, you, you, you kind of remind me of, like, the kids that used to steal my lunch money. When I was uh, that, that seems like you. Is that, is that accurate? It could be. Yeah. 
A lot of in-school suspension. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, just you, you just you don't have a um, you kind of have a problem with authority. I would say, like I mean, what you pretty much said, you don't like rules. So I can see you back in the day and uh, uh, being in school. I'm sure you were sent home by the principal more than once. A few times, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about something you uh, probably did enjoy as a kid, I believe, which was wrestling. Right? You were a wrestling fan at a young age. So. This is a fun, this is like fun story, I guess. I didn't like wrestling when I was a kid. I didn't really know about it. Uh, on Saturday mornings, I used to watch X-Men. Um, and my brother liked wrestling. And we used to fist fight over who's going to watch what on Saturday morning. Uh, and eventually my parents, you know, made a share. I had to watch, we watched wrestling one weekend. We watched cartoons one weekend. And uh, it was about 95, 96 um, there was a lot of characters on WWF at the time, and that's kind of what caught me. It was like watching a cartoon. Um, so I, that's pretty much where I became a fan. I was about 10, 11 years old. Now, growing up, you were – you correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you're a military brat, right? You moved around a lot? Yeah, yeah. My parents were both in the Army. Okay. So let me ask you this. As a, as a, as a kid who moved around a lot, did you have a hard time – uh, fitting in because you're always the new kid. Uh, did you have a hard time making friends? Did you even want to make friends? Every kid wants to have friends. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a little tough being the new kid, especially in being in an area where there wasn't a lot of kids like me. Um, but when the, when we were, when we lived on base and there were like, everybody was like me. So you kind of like, I, I'm still friends with guys I haven't seen in 20 years because we just, that's lifestyle. Um, just used to it. Uh, so it was a little tough, but you know, I guess, you know, wrestling fan, especially in the nineties, like the late nineties, uh, it's a little something that, you know, it's easy to find common ground. You just go find the kid with the DX shirt or stone cold shirt on, you know, and you kind of gravitate towards your people. Uh, so that's, you know, kind of where I found myself. Where, where are the, some of the, uh, some of the places that you lived? I mean, I'm sure there's a long list, but just you lived uh, uh, out of the country at times, right? Yeah, a little bit uh, here and there. Uh, I was born in Germany. Okay. Um, I lived in Indiana. Uh, I live in Maryland now, Washington State. Uh, probably a few other places. But, yeah, it's one of those, you know, eight schools in 12 years kind of things. Yeah. I know you got into the wrestling business in your, I guess, mid to late 20s. Yeah, uh, I was about. Yeah. So, what what were you doing? I guess from the time, uh, tell people what you're doing before you got into pro wrestling. What was uh, what was going on? Um, I worked for the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for the Department of Defense, and when I got done with school, like I I, I went to school first, uh, just because I always have that in my back pocket. Like nobody can take those skills away from me, so I have them forever. Um, I actually did a tryout at Gilbergs in like 2010, maybe, maybe, or maybe I'm getting my time mixed up. Uh, yeah, I'm getting my time mixed up. So I, you know, I went and saw the world for a couple of years and got to do things for, for people and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, 2013, I just come back from a contract in Africa. Uh, I had some money in my pocket, 10 feet tall and bulletproof. You couldn't tell me nothing. And I went to Gilbergs which was in my area and I'd been seeing a lot of their stuff on social media. And 
I had just been introduced to some friends through like 98 rock. And so I went down did the tryout and, you know, Gilbert signed my paper and my contract or whatever, come back the next day for my first class and buildings empty. There's nothing on the wall. Everything's gone. Only thing in the building is a ring and Axel Rotten laid in the middle of it. That's, that was my introduction to wrestling. Um, so I was a little sketched out from the beginning because it just seems kind of corny. Yeah. Um, so I paid with a credit card and, you know, I learned some stuff from Axel. I was there for maybe a month and I did learn some stuff from Axel and some of it didn't really, uh, become useful until years later when I, you know, I started feeling like the light was going off for me. Um, and then those things that I remember him saying started to make sense, but, uh, you know, the school closed and eventually I just filed a dispute with my credit card and got my money back. Um, so I never, you know, I didn't get ripped off like a lot of guys do. Uh, but by that point I had met Dan McDevitt at MCW and, you know, he was allowing me to come pay dues and just kind of help set the ring up and do that stuff. And the guys would kind of teach me stuff before shows and, you know, it was kind of, you know, hold on, you know, we're getting some stuff together. If you stick around, you know, something's going to break through soon. And, I think it was about 2014 or so when the school opened up and the rest is, the rest is history, I guess. So I don't, I don't know how much you can, you can talk about this, but uh, I, I imagine uh, with your job working for the government, it, you, you've probably experienced some things and, and, and seen some things, um, some, some real life experiences that I, I don't know what the best way to put it is, but I, I, I'll just leave it at that. And you, you can expound or, or not, but I, so some of it, I mean, I'm just not allowed to, not allowed to talk about, but a lot, a lot of it, I just choose not to, uh, but they're all experience that have, that have, have made me who I am. Um, that's why I come into this with very, uh, lackadaisical, you know, it's kind of nonchalant attitude about a lot of stuff because the big deal that people make over stuff is so, uh, I can't even find a word for it. It's so insignificant because um, there's a lot of real stuff going on in the world and people want to complain about, you know, just such minor stuff. It's, I, I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. And it's just kind of funny to me how petty people can be. Uh, so like, I don't have time for games. I don't really have time to, to, you know, play with words and run around and talk behind people's back with, you know, agendas and stuff like that. Like, Life is short. Life is very short, and it can be taken from us at any time. Um, so I don't want to get weird, but that's just how I look at things now. Uh, it's weird because I don't like being in crowds. Uh, but I feel that I'm isolated wrestling because there's a barrier that keeps people away from me. Um, and those are just things that have just kind of affected me over the years. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't want to um, look. I know there's no warm, fuzzy side to Ken Dixon, so I'm not trying to. to there is, that. but nobody well, gets to see him. I'm the only paid to see that. Like when I go home and I take my boots off, I'm gonna hang out with my dogs and my family. That's it. Okay. I'm a great guy. I'm a swell human being, but this is wrestling, and it's time to work. And I just happen to get paid to hurt people, so. You know, I feel like uh, if I expose any about who I am, if you get to see anything, you're going to see a weakness and you're going to exploit it because if you're smart, you would, because that's what I do. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's why I pick sense. on people on social media because it's easy. It's easy to break people down. No question about that. Uh, that's one place where we'll definitely agree. Hey, I guess you, 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 um, hey, you got my attention, right? You got me pissed off with cancel Kevin Eck. So it it's easy. It is people easy. are easy to wind up. Yeah. So now I feel stupid because you, you, you worked me. You played. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I bought right into it. First thing I brought up on the podcast. So Ken, Sucker. you win. You won. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what I was what I was going towards with the warm fuzzy side thing was, uh, you know, not to make you sound like a great guy, because um, that's obviously not how you want to be perceived in pro wrestling. But I did hear you talk about this uh, on another interview, um, where you're kind of, and I and this sounds corny, but I don't mean it to be. You're kind of living your dream of of pro wrestling because. Uh, there were some people that you knew in your background, right, with your prior job that, that aren't giving, getting to live out their dreams. Yeah, and that's, that's anybody, man. And that's, that's anybody. Uh, I feel it because I grew up around it and I got to experience it from a different side. But, like, so many guys give up. So many guys and girls give up their lives for us. Right. They, you know, they drop everything because that's what they're told to do. You know, I, and, and they don't come home. They don't get to come home. So everything they were doing is done. Everything they had going on, their families, their lives, whatever they had going on on the side, it's gone. It's done because they did what they needed to do to make sure that we're able to do what we do. Uh, uh, it was, yeah, I can't remember how, how the saying goes. You know, violent men stand ready to do violence on their behalf so that you can sleep peacefully in your bed at night. Um, and I believe it and I live it. Uh, and I just, that's my big picture. Because, um, yeah, like I said, there are people that didn't come home, or if they did come home, they came home a lot different than they, than they left. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I've always, want, I've always been into giving back to that community. And if I can do anything with the power I have, that would be, some, that would be a message that I want the world to hear. Well, and when, when you talk about it, it, it reminds me of, a quote from uh, a few good men, right. With, with Jack Nicholson, where he says, you know, you want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. You know, there's, there's places that you don't talk about in, in part at parties. Um, but you know, a person like me needs to exist. And that that sort of reminds me a little, just what you've been talking about there is uh, yeah. I think maybe those of us, um, even though we appreciate, there's one thing to say, without getting too deep in the woods here, but I know people say, I, you know, appreciate your service and things like that. Sometimes it almost sounds trite, even though I think it comes from a genuine. It service. is because everybody only breaks out their flags on nine 11 and veterans day. When you line up at Applebee's for your two for 20 free for free uh, with, you know uh, it is, it's, 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 it's corny. Yeah. Only people t- only time people break out American flag is on nine 11 before that. And after that, Screw you. You're, you're different than me. But on, on 9-11, everybody is, whew, we're all the same. Ha, gotta love, gotta love it. America. Whew. Right. So well, I, I think that stuff is cheesy and it's ridiculous. Um, I don't know. Anyway. All right. Well, let, let me move on to uh, a more pleasant topic. And just, I, I wanted to ask you about your athletic background. Um, did you have an athletic background at all before you decided to, to get into wrestling? I wrestled in school. I liked it. Uh, I played baseball for a little while, but I don't know. It wasn't really for me. Um, 
I got into wrestling in like junior high and did that throughout high school. Uh, I like it. Um, I like not having a team to put your blame on when you fail. Yeah. You know, you're out there by yourself. It's just you. Uh, so I think that's one of those things that kind of toughens you up mentally. Um, and I feel like it's helped me in wrestling because it's just you and your opponent out there. That's it. Can't, I can't get mad. I mean, I could probably, you know, get mad at the fans, but whatever. If I let them in, then I'm, and I hurt, I screwed myself. I want to ask you about a guy that you mentioned, which is Axel Rotten. And it's a guy that we've talked about uh, on this show in the past. We had Dan McDevitt on here a few weeks back. And as you know, Ken, you know the story. Uh, when Dan went to start training in the early 90s, yeah. business was quite different. Uh, training was right. a lot different than, than it is now. And Dan talked about it openly. Axel just literally yeah, beat, beat, him up. Up, beat him up for real like punched him in the face for real um, day after day and kept waiting, you know, kept waiting for Dan to quit basically. And, and Dan didn't quit. Dan had the passion and everything else and kept coming back. Now, obviously, like we said, things have, have changed, but Unfortunately. Axel, Axel was brought up in that old school mentality. Did you experience any of that with Axel or had things changed enough by then that that was not really done anymore? Uh, he talked about it. But he was never really in a uh, physical state to issue any of that punishment. Uh, he talked about it, and, you know, I'd get kind of jealous that I didn't come up in that era. Uh, instead, I got come up, you know, in an era with a bunch of soft little kids who've never had to do manual labor in their life and get upset when they get told to do squats and push-ups and then go on Twitter and talk about it because they got hurt. <laughs> Um, so I like, I think wrestling's too easy to get into anyway. Uh, no, Axel never hurt me. Um, he tried to, you know, manipulate me a few times, but I'm just, you know, I've been around for a little bit. So like, I could see it and at the time he kind of needed it more than I did. So I was just kind of paying for lessons. Right. Right. Well, and I can imagine Axel probably apart from the physical lessons imparted some knowledge on you. I mean, Axel, and um, I mean, for those people who aren't familiar, I, I think most people know Axel, former ECW star. Um, Axel had very, very public that he had battles with demons that he ultimately succumbed to those, to those demons. Um, but what was smart of, though? He was smart. He had a good head on his shoulders. Um, that's what I was like, just going to say. When you got Axel in a good spot, absolutely. He, like, and a lot of like for me, I was I was so so green in the business at the time that a lot of it didn't make sense. Uh, so I'm kind of you know it's kind of a bummer that i don't have a guy like that around now that i can talk to when i need advice or you know just to get the old school i like old school wrestling um i don't really care for a lot of the new stuff uh i like old smash mouth wrestling and a guy like that who came up in that era uh would have been a perfect resource at this point in my career yep yeah like you said that's exactly where i was going is axel was such a smart guy not just, uh, you know, smart and witty and all those things, but really smart about the business. Great mind for the yeah. business. And I, would, I could just imagine, Ken, you being just like a sponge and just soaking, such, so much knowledge there that you could impart from Axel. You know, I got it. Uh, I ended up getting, I got lucky with Bruiser, um, with yeah. my Bruiser at MCW because he, he, he trained under Axel and Dan. So he brought a lot of that to the table with us. 
uh, you know, minus a lot of the abuse, like he still kind of beat us up, but you know, we never left bloody or broken, uh, just, you know, feelings maybe a little bit more hurt than when, how they were when we arrived. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I think that edge is missing. Yeah. Well, I wanted to also, I mean, we can't, we can't have you on here without talking about RJ Meyer bruiser. Yeah. We've talked about him in the past, uh, with obviously with Joe keys, with SOS, um, so well, I just want to touch on it briefly, but there was a guy who was just so instrumental um, in the development of so many guys, guys that we see in Ring of Honor, guys that we see in other places. Just talk to me a little bit about what Bruiser, RJ, um, and for those, again, who don't know, RJ uh, lost his battle with leukemia about, man, when was that, Ken, a year? It's almost a year ago now, man, November. No, yep, God, it's been a year. Um, yeah. Obviously, he meant so much to so many people, but really um, just a unique guy in that he, you know, he could have made it big probably in this business because he was a he was really something of yeah. a prodigy. He had his demons. It wasn't it wasn't meant to be. But he came back and really contributed to this business in a big way as a coach, as a trainer, as a mentor. Let's talk a little bit about what RJ meant for you and, and did for you as far as your development. Uh. <clears throat> He was my friend. Uh, he pushed me harder than I've ever been pushed in my life. Um, uh, I've learned, I learned a lot of lessons before I got to wrestling. And then once, once I got in and, and realized, like a lot of times you get in and you don't realize what it is until it starts happening and it gets a little intense. Uh, I learned a lot about myself, um, accountability and respect for the business. Um, respect for wrestling, respect for my opponents, respect for, you know, everybody around me. Um, so, uh, I don't really, I don't know. I don't know where to go with that without getting a little upset, but, uh, gotcha. he's my friend. I miss him every day. Uh, and I, every time I get in the ring, I ask myself, what would he do? And, uh, so we'll just see how that goes. Well, and, and as I've said, you know, again, when other guys were on the show, uh, everybody misses him terribly. Everybody in the MCW locker room, every, anyone who knew him, the fans, um, he had yeah. such a connection with the fans in MCW. Uh, but his legacy... Because he was genuine. He was a genuine guy. Like, a lot of guys you can look at and you don't believe them because they don't believe in themselves. Uh, he was the guy that, like... <laughs> Uh, you believed everything he said because he believed it. He was like, and in, I don't see it in an egotistical way, but like, if you don't believe your own hype, how do you expect somebody else to? Well, he, he was a guy who was just, you know, tough as nails and brutally people, but also such a good dude, you know, and, um, and really cared about the people that he trained, cared about the fans, all those things. And his legacy lives on, you know, like I said, everyone misses him terribly, but the, the imprint that he's had, not just on MCW in Maryland, but like I said, guys that have gone on, like yourself, to Ring of Honor, uh, Joe, SOS, Leo Rush. I mean, uh, you know, we can name a bunch of them. Uh, that's all. A lot of that is is RJ, you know, living on through them. So, um, and again, without getting too corny, Ken, I know you're not a, you're not a touchy-feely guy, but I think uh, if RJ was watching you, and I'm sure he is, that he'd, he'd be proud of what you're doing in our age. I hope so. That's the pun. All right, we're going to take another break. We'll be back with more K 
Ken Dixon right after this. Want to hear post-match interviews from tonight's competitors? Want to see exclusive brand new matches? Want to learn about breaking news before anyone else? Week by Week is the perfect companion to everything that happens on ROH TV. It premieres every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on the official ROH YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash ring of honor. Stay informed on the best wrestling on the planet. I'll see you there. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast. We're talking to Ken Dixon, talking about your training uh, at MCW uh, in Maryland. I want to ask you about, again, um, some of those guys that you trained with. We mentioned them in MCW. Uh, Joe Keyes, Dante Caballero, guys that we know in ROH. Leo Rush, was he, you know, former top prospect tournament winner yeah. in ROH. Was he in that class when you started? He was. Um, so in my class... Let's see, it was uh, me, Joe, Leo, uh, Jesse K, who's WWE referee, or right. Jessica Carr, whatever. Carr, um, the Velveteen Dream, Leo Rush. Um, it was a stacked class. Um, Dante came a little later, and SOS a little later after them. Um, but well, yeah, let me, I mean, let me ask you this question, Ken. How did you feel going in? Again, I think you were like, 20 i mean you correct me if i'm wrong 27 or, or so is that is that about right or you and what, what, by the time mcw opened up i was almost 30 okay um so, so obviously everyone in that class at least out of the guys we mentioned are all younger than you uh, oh yeah right? so much younger and leo and patrick were like 19 i think right babies um, yeah babies so how did you feel coming in knowing that like, all right, I'm not right out of high school or, you know, I'm not 20 years old. I've been, I've, I've been out in the world. I've been out and about, I'm almost a 30 year old man. I have a family. Uh, what was it like for you? Did you feel like an outsider or like what, just what was it like being Sometimes. around kids? Once in a while it was, uh, you know, cause it's just not really, you know, we got along, we all got along. We all got in the car together. Like, like we all drove, we all got in the car on the weekends and drove together. Like that's just how it was. We all mm -hmm. went to shows together, but you know, there's some stuff I didn't get. Like I didn't go out and party with them on the weekends. Um, Cause it's not my scene. Like I'll go out once in a while, but it's not my deal. Uh, and I'm definitely not going to the places that they go. Um, I'm more of a hole in the wall, <laughs> yes. you know, do my 12 ounce curls in the corner. Uh, but yeah, like we all got along and yeah, they're all kids. They were all kids at the time, man. Like, like Joe was just getting, he just started college, I think. Um, so, you know, I, I tried to, when I could, I tried to be there for them, you know, cause I was already older and a little more established. And, uh, so I tried to, you know, help them out where I could, you know, like I would drive so that they didn't have to, cause they usually weren't able to meet the expectations to do that kind of stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. So I didn't mind. Because uh, I was just trying to be a nice guy, team player, whatever. Um, it didn't really, like, there were times where it bothered me because athletically they were, like, outshining me. But I know that I don't quit. So I'm going to keep going and I'm going to pick it up eventually. And when I do pick it up, then, you know, then, then, then it's the game on. Well, that was going to be my next question is how 
quickly did you pick it up? Because some people, they come in and like Leo, I mean, just so gifted athletically. Yeah. Not like a prodigy, fish to water. Right? like fish to water. Exactly. Just takes right to it. He's a natural. Uh, but he, that's a rarity, right? That's kind of the, uh, that, that's an anomaly. How was it for you? Were, were there struggles early on? Was there ever any doubt? Like, man, I don't know if I can pick this up. Or did you pick it up, you know, sort of quickly? Because I know there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of guys and girls, as we all know, that come through that school and others, and they fi- they're in for a rude awakening. They think it was easier uh, than it turns out to be. And as you know, Ken, you could probably, I mean, how many people have you seen quit? I mean, it's probably, a lot. Yeah, it's probably responsible for a couple of them too. Uh, so I don't know, man. It's just it's kind of kind of like my professional career. I just you keep showing up and you keep busting your butt. And eventually it just starts being like a second nature. Like, I don't think there was, I don't remember there being a pivotal point where I'm like, man, this is really, I got it. Uh, because you're always learning. And I never, uh, I was probably some of the, the humbleness that was taught to us there was, I never, never expected to come back and just get praised. I was expected to come back and get told what was wrong. Uh, and that's how I look at my life professionally as well. Like if, I need you to tell me what's wrong so I can fix it. If you don't tell me what's wrong, I can't fix it. And then, then we have, we have trouble. Uh, so my coaches, you know, uh, that's, that's very important to me. And I just don't feel like uh, I can't pinpoint a spot where I feel like things clicked. It just got a little bit easier and new challenges arose. Uh, if that makes any sense. That makes perfect oh. sense. I kind of remember, and again, you can correct me if I'm wrong. The first real break you got in MCW was as the uh, the Dixon Line security. Is that is am, am I correct? Mm-hmm. In that? That's right, correct. So, so for people who don't know, Dixon Line security was uh, one of our top guys in MCW. Is a guy named Ryan McBride, and you were basically Ryan's security, correct? I was, yeah. Right. So and and obviously Dixon Line security. We'll play on words there, but Ken Dixon. And two of the guys, my security, right? Two guys who were your security <laughs> were one of them was Joe Keys, another guy named yep. Rob Locke. Um, how did that? Like, what? What was that first? Again, this was kind of your first taste of your own your own thing. Even though you were so you know, with Ryan, this was a chance for you to establish an identity, and of course, eventually mm-hmm. break out. Uh, the Dixon line was kind of a rib. Um, we so we MCW does birthday parties on the weekends. Um, you know, where you come make up, I have a couple matches, they do some stuff in the ring. Right. The kid gets to get in the ring for a little bit and whatever. And RJ, uh, RJ was busting their chops about it. He's like, Oh, I think you guys are ready, ready to go on shows. We want to put you with Ken, but uh, we got to figure out what to do with you guys. You guys got a match. So he goes and he finds his pair of clippers. And he's like, if you guys want to get on shows, you got to shave your heads. Look like Ken. <laughs> Joe, Joe told this story when he was. <laughs> <laughs> and we did. They, cause they, they bought it. Cause it was coming from RJ. Like he, why, why would he tell you anything that was untrue? He's our coach. Right. right. So we shaved Rob's head and we're just, you know, we're talking and I was just dressing him down. On, like we're recording it and I was dressing him down in the video. And We get to Joe and Joe's got a thick head of hair on him. Yeah, and Clipper dies about halfway. The Clippers <laughs> die about halfway through. Uh, and then we got to sprint across the plaza to go get some more batteries 
from like the grocery store to the dollar store or whatever. And meanwhile, Joe's got half a head of hair and he had like thick hair at the time, like a thick, you know, mop on his head. Uh, and he's just like, I can't rustle like this. I can't rustle like this with half a head of hair. On. <laughs> so like that was, that was a lot of how we broke in it was just, you know, fun, uh, fun little ribs like that. And that's, you know, they, that's where they broke on. They broke on a little ball after that. And, you know, rest as they say is history. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little initiation, uh, process. Yeah. That to go through <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe with that, uh, luxurious, those, those blonde locks, man, that must've been, although his it hair took him a while to get it back. He yeah, got it back. Wasn't, it took a while. His hair wasn't as long as, as, as it is now, but I remember back then he certainly, mm-hmm. yeah. And here's the thing, Ken, you can pull off the bald look. Certain people can. You do it. It fits you. Uh, man, it didn't really fit those guys. Just I don't have a choice. It didn't fit them at all. They had lumpy heads. Yeah. And you don't know, I guess, until you, until you shave it. Like, you don't know if, it's, if you got the good head for it or not. Right? I mean. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, some of us, you know, bad genetics, you just end up where you, you got to do it anyway, regardless. And, I got lucky that I at least have a, I don't have as many uh, flat spots on my head. Do you remember when uh, when Vince McMahon got his head shaved when he did the thing with Trump and um, sure do his head was like pointy, like it was weird. It looked like a cone head from Saturday Night Live. It did it looked like it's like like a prosthetic? It looked like a cone head. Yeah, it's like, man, it really was, did. Yeah, that was a bad decision. <laughs> but <laughs> like I say, you don't know until you do it, but. Ken, it, 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 it suits you. It suits you. Um, all right. So the Dixon line is, is, is doing their thing. And um, again, eventually you, you break out of that again. And now you're, I mean, let's call it like it is. You become one of the top guys really in MCW. You hold the, uh, the rage TV championship and, um, and man, you, you're the guy that the fans love to hate. No question about it. Although I feel like for a while uh, the tide's been turning and um, and whenever there's somebody who's just a badass and doesn't, you know, has yeah. your attitude, eventually, you know, it's like, it's a Stone Cold Steve Austin syndrome where people are going to be like, why am I booing that guy? That guy like does whatever the hell he wants. He doesn't listen to any rules and he beats people. It's up. happening. And it's, it's, happening. it's been happening. Yeah. Uh, it's been happening in the last couple of shows there. Um, I don't I care. Um, if people want to cheer me, that's fine. Like I get that things are changing in wrestling now um, at this point. I look out in the crowd and um, the landscape is pretty much the same. And there's always going to be a bunch of wrestling nerds. There's kids and, you know, hot moms and stuff. But uh, Ken Dixon, I work for the dad that didn't want to come in the first place. Uh, If you want to cheer for me, that's cool. Uh, If you don't, I don't care. But if you want to watch me kick some dude's ass and then maybe have a beer in the back afterwards, I'm your guy. you know, I don't really come out to hang out. So that's a uh, very few and far between opportunity. Um, but that's just, that's where I'm at. You know, everybody wants to go after the kids or, or the hot moms. The hot moms come with a little bit too much baggage. And I don't think my wife would appreciate that. <laughs> so I'll just stick for dad who would rather be at the bar drinking with his boys or sitting on the couch because he's been working all week. Like I can, I can relate to that. So if I can go out, you know, you know how much it, it's hard to get a guy to cheer for another guy. Yeah, true. So if I can get out and kick somebody's ass, and he's like, oh, man, that guy is cool. Uh, that's, that's fine. If, you know, if I can get through to dad and he wants to bring his kid back now because he wants to watch somebody kick some ass, like, done deal. 
Talk to me about um, developing this, I'll say persona. I won't say character because you're not playing a character. I mean, I've been around you. So you really, you tapped into this history of violence thing. Uh, talk to me about how you developed that and what Ken Dixon's history of violence was all about and is all about. Um, the history of violence to me, uh, I think we go back to what I was talking about earlier. Like, there's a lot that happens that people don't see. Um, there's a lot that happens for people, you know, that makes your everyday life a lot more uh, leisurely. Uh, and the history of violence to me, is just made a way to make you see what it is. Um, because that's the kind of stuff that I, I, I worked with people that did really bad things to really bad people. And that's just, uh, it's what I like it's a quick way to get things done. Um, I haven't quite had an opportunity to pull any of that stuff out of my hat yet. Uh, I'm not sure how that would go over on television, um, but we're going to, we're going to push the boundaries and see uh, we can make some people uncomfortable. Cause that's what I like to do. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll second that. Ken. I, you know, for people in ring of honor who aren't familiar with what you've done in MCW and other places, uh, man, you just, you're just scratching the surface of what, what we've seen in ring of honor from you is just scratching the surface. And if you're ever allowed to really be yourself a hundred percent, then like, yeah, we might have to, uh, I don't know. We might have to just put that on pay-per-view only, you know, that might I think not we'll do the, uh, we'll do the Ron Bass red X on the <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, let me talk to you because since we're talking about violence, uh, Man, you were on the, uh, I was there the night that it happened. Uh, people see you now when, when, you, when you smile, uh, there's a tooth missing. Oh, uh, there's I, a few of them missing. There's a few of them missing. I was there when one of them in the front there went, went missing. Um, the same, it's the same night. Check out, he knocked two of them out. What's that? I, it was two. He knocked two of them out. Oh, was it two? Okay. It was two. Yeah. And so th this, who was it? That, was it Ryan? Yep. Okay, so yeah, and it was a, if I recall, he had um, a knee injury at the time, or he was trying to protect his, his knee, he had a knee brace on. And yeah, like he, one of them big Steve Austin joints. Right, and that's what just like hit you flush in the mouth on. Yep, it was a split leg moonsault, uh, like Rob Van Dam, the split leg moonsault, and his yep. knee hit me right in the face. All right, so uh, And I just remember yeah, having yeah. a mouthful of blood, Yeah. but not wanting to open my mouth because I didn't want to get yelled at for getting blood on the canvas. Um, that's funny so, that that's what you, that's what you thought about. <laughs> I don't want to get heat for bleeding on the mat. Yeah. Uh, I yelled some profanities and I kept my mouth shut and we finished the match, uh, with a closed mouth. So that was interesting. And then, uh, I went in the back and I saw all the damage and it was pretty bad. So, so where uh, were, were the teeth like knocked out in the, like, no. So they were in, they, my front, my front tooth broke in half and the bottom half got jammed up and went back up into my lip. Oh my God. Um, and then the one next to it broke at the root. So it was just kind of hanging by a thread. Oh. Uh, and that was a Saturday night. Uh, I got some, uh, some good feel good medicine to last me till Monday. Um, until I could get to a dental surgeon and, uh, I couldn't really eat anything. I had to like blend on my meals and just, I could only eat on the right side. 
because if I tried to get anything on the left where the teeth got knocked out, like it was really bad. Um, and I was really upset about it for a while. And then after, uh, you know, once I decided to put my big boy pants on, I realized this is probably the best thing that's ever happened to me for wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's a bunch of guys with beards and bald heads now, but how many of you guys are missing teeth? And it happened in wrestling. Um, I don't know. So yeah. I, I stand out in a crowd and that's one of the most important things you can do in wrestling is stand out. No question about it. I mean, look, if you had any aspirations of being a GQ model, I think they went out the window. No, I don't think they did. Cause I still, I have the little flipper at home. I can wear my teeth if I want to. Sometimes <laughs> I do when I want to take my wife out and be a human being. Most okay. of the times I don't. Yeah. I've, I haven't seen you with it. I don't think since it happened. I don't like wearing it. Uh, I, I like, I don't like wearing it at work cause people don't talk to me. Um, and I prefer it that way. <laughs> but yeah, you make a great point though. Like it so fits uh, your persona and what you, you know, the way you carry yourself. And yeah, I mean, look, if it happened to me, uh, I'd feel the same way at first. I'd be like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm ruined. And, and, you know, but I'm going through all this pain and everything else. But yeah, if I was Ken Dixon, badass, I'd be like, man, this is perfect. This is I was upset, man. I was upset about it. And then Dean, you know, Dean, yeah, Dean uh, told me to stop being a bitch and get over it. He's like, this is going to be a really cool thing for you. And uh, yeah, I put my big boy pants on and we got over it. But Yeah. Well, and hey, Dean's Dean's a great dude. Like I said, Dean he is. is his name. He, he wrestled on yeah. the independence as, as uh, Tyler Hilton. And uh, yeah, he's an important guy there at MCW. But here's the thing. And I love Dean. But it's it's easy for Dean. Who's it's kind very of, easy for him to say it. But yeah, he's not kind wrong. of a pretty boy himself with uh, great teeth and everything else. Be like, hey, don't. <laughs> Don't be a bitch, Ken. Get over it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, easy for you That's to say. the best say. thing you said to me, though. <laughs> well, look, you've alluded to the fact that you, uh, you have a wife. You have family. Um, was your wife in the audience when this happened? Yeah. Yeah, she was there. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to. Like, that was, uh, what, was her, <laughs> what was her thoughts about this? She didn't know. Okay. Um, she didn't know until I told her. Um, and it took a little while because I had to calm down first. Yeah. And you get a couple beers in and it took a little while. Uh, but, you, I mean, she, she's what, my what biggest supporter. What did she think of the new look? Uh, she, I don't think – she's never told me, but I think she, you know, try not to embarrass her too much. Okay. But – uh, people don't mess with us when we're out in public. Um, you know, we don't we don't get treated any. We don't get treated bad. You know, uh, nobody wants to cut us off when we're online or anything. Yeah, um, I'm okay with it. Um, so, you know, that's that's you know, she has an opinion about something, then I'll listen to it. Uh, if she wants me to wear it, I'll wear it. But she doesn't ask me because I don't know. I don't know what she's doing with me, but I don't know. Well, I mean, like you said, uh, you're a bit of an antisocial person, right? For when you're out, you know, not with not with people that are in your crew, but uh, you'd rather not have to be bothered or or, or interact with anybody if you can help it. So I, I'd prefer that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, I think you know what? I, I, I think we all get that way a little bit. I, I'm that way sometimes myself. And and uh, and I'm obviously not a tough guy, but uh, yeah, sometimes you just don't want to interact with anybody. Maybe I don't know what that says. Something. Uh, let me ask you about wrestling. Some name guys, quote unquote name guys, because that 
on the independent circuit, you do get those opportunities, especially if you're good. You got those opportunities. A couple guys in particular, Billy Gunn, Hardcore Holly. These are known as two of the most no-nonsense, don't take any they crap. They beat my ass. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they, they didn't take it easy on you. I mean. No, they didn't. They taught me a lot, um, but that was during, while they were kicking my ass, but I learned a lot from both of them. And are those, uh, okay, let me ask you this part. As, as you're going through that, as, as these guys are being, are, are you, is there any part of you at all that's like, man, well, why are these guys taking it so hard on me? And then later on you realize, oh, okay, that's why. Or as it's going on, you're like, okay, these guys are trying to, they're trying to toughen me up. They're trying to smarten me up, teach me. Yeah, I mean, I was trained by the bruiser. So I was already used to that. Um, I was trained by the bruiser. You know, the expectations are already there. They need to bring it. Um, people already have an expectation of what they think wrestling is and it's our job to make them believe so working with them was no different than anything else I've done because uh, they hit just as hard they were just as intense it made me feel like my training was that much better because they trained me or they, they worked with me the same way I was trained um, and that would be the same for when like we had like Jay Lisa would stop by for a seminar every once in a while and he would drive home the same points that our coaches were driving home. So to me, all that did was, you know, again, it's just we had good training. Right. Nothing, nothing ever contradicted. You know, sure, there's like different, you know, stylistically, but it's flavors of ice cream. But principles are principles. And uh, we got the same stuff from everybody. Last question I want to ask you about MCW is – You've become one of those guys now because you have been around a while and you're a little bit older. Like, I think, do you consider yourself a locker room leader? Because I, I think certainly that's the way you are looked at at this point. Um, and, and, and how do you, uh, if you do look at yourself that way, uh, what do you think your responsibility is in that position? I do feel like I'm a locker room leader there at MCW. Uh, you know, I don't think it's one of those things like we talked about earlier. I don't feel like I woke up one day that was that, you know, just kind of slowly over time, um, things were delegated to me, you know, like me and Joe and some of the other guys. Um, so I do feel like that. I feel like it's my responsibility to pass on what I've learned, uh, just like it is in my day to day life. Uh, so I'm already pretty comfortable in that kind of role. Um, I'm really big on accountability, uh, guys being where they need to be when they need to be there. Um, so I feel like the business deserves to be respected in that way. So I do. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's helped me a great deal because you know, I'm almost kind of teaching myself again. So I have to slow down and, you know, actually speak to these guys. Cause I remember a lot of these guys are kids. Uh, right. Right. So. All right. Well, we're going to take our final break and then uh, Ken, if you're willing, we can play a game of 10 questions. I know. Oh, I like games. What's that? I like games. You like games? Okay, cool. All right, so we'll take our final break. We'll come back. We'll play 10 questions with Ken Dixon right after this. Let's roll, America. Roll up your sleeves to give blood. You can help save lives of patients that depend on blood every single day. Ring of Honor Wrestling has once again teamed up with American Red Cross for Sinclair Cares Roll Up Your Sleeves. Make an appointment today to donate blood. Your donation will help save lives and impact countless more. Go to SinclairCares.com 
to schedule your appointment now. All right, we are back in the RH Strong podcast with Ken Dixon. Ken, it's time for 10 questions. Are you ready? Sure, let's go. And it is now time for 10 questions with Kevin. All right, question number one. What's something on your bucket list? To actually wrestle in Ring of Honor, not stand on the outside. Mm. Well, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that, that that's, you can cross that one off your bucket list. I, just, I think we're going to get there soon. I, you know, I somebody might have to take it into my own hands. Yeah, I was going to say, one way or another, I have a feeling we're going to get there. We're going to get there. All right, question number two. What's a subject you'd like to know more about? Hmm. A subject I'd like to know. Is it like a, like a wrestling subject or just like in general? In general. Or rest. It, it doesn't matter. You can answer it any way you see fit. Uh, you know, I'm not really too smart on politics. Uh, so, I, you know, I think I'd like to get a little smarter on that just so I can make fun of people a little better. Because <laughs> I got to stay out of those conversations because I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people who don't know anything about it who still like to uh, get in those conversations. That's that's just me. What, what do I know? All right. Que- question number three. Here's a, here's a deep one. Uh, if you could have a conversation with any celebrity or historical figure, living or dead, who would you like to sit down and talk to? Uh, it'd probably be Abe Lincoln. Cause, yeah, he was, wasn't that like a world champion or something? He was, yeah. He's like a world champion. I saw him on Bill and Ted a couple of times. <laughs> I want to know how that went. Uh, um, I don't know, man. Um, that's a really good question. Uh, well, hey, I thought Abe Lincoln was a good answer. I mean, honestly. It's, a, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's a different time, you know? Yeah. Be all right. There's a lot of there's some cool shit, I guess. Well, as far as I know, he's the only uh, wrestling champion who became president. Yeah. States, so. I mean, he's not a Hall of Famer like Donald Trump, but that's true. You know, an accomplishment is an accomplishment. Absolutely, and who knows? One day, maybe the Rock. You never know. Will, the Rock may be a world champion who became president of the United States. Could happen. Oh, I love it. It'll be just like that movie *Idiocracy*. It's perfect. <laughs> right. I mean, well, let's not get into politics. I was going to say <laughs> I think the qualifications have changed, and and the well, Rock is as as president. Maybe uh, maybe not. It's so not far very far fetched. It's not far fetched. All right, question number four. Do you have any hidden talents? Is there something you're good at that, that we don't know about? Uh, if I told you what it was, then it wouldn't be hidden anymore. That's true. I'm asking you to reveal it. Oh, man. Um, let's see. Hmm, hidden talents. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I'm pretty basic. Okay. Okay. Not particularly. Uh, I don't know. I don't juggle. Uh, I don't ride a unicycle or anything like that. Don't sing or dance. No, I just get up and put my pants on one leg at a time and go to work. See, here's what I picture, Ken. I picture you at, like you said, some hole-in-the-wall bar, um, having a few and getting up and doing some karaoke. Like, I could see you. You're not wrong. Get out of my head. Ah! (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. All right, question number five. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Is there something that you like that you're a fan of that 
maybe you wouldn't want to admit? Uh, so I got a lot of downtime at work now and again, and it just kind of mindlessly scolds TikTok. Uh, so I, I wouldn't really tell anybody, but I kind of just did. Um, so yeah, kind of how I passed my time at work, mindlessly scrolling social media. All right. Well, hey, man, that's a scoop. That's a scoop for the ROH Strong Podcast. I did not see you as a, <laughs> as a TikToker, but all right. Yeah. Doesn't mean I think any less of you as a tough guy. I mean, I still... Whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. All right. Question number six. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? And if not, do you believe in its existence? Um, not that I can remember. I have had, have had family members who claim to have you know lived in houses that were afflicted uh but i believe in it yeah i believe it's you know i don't really know how things work you know when you uh when you leave this plane but i think there's something going on okay. so you know i'm always open to you know listen see what's going on all right question number seven what show are you currently binge watching or most recently binge watched so I'm working on The Sopranos right now because I'm really behind. Okay. Uh, I'm like season five of The Sopranos, and I think next up is probably Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I'm just really behind on TV. I don't really watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Um, so, so, you, so, uh, so boning up on The Sopranos before this, uh, before you watch the prequel, the movie. Yeah, that's kind of that was kind of the goal. But now I didn't know them about the movie when I started watching it. It's just one of those shows that I felt like I needed to see. Right. Uh, I don't like I don't like being outside of the joke, uh, so you know, and the lockdown provided plenty of time, you know, to get into something like that. All right, question number eight. This is this is a good one, Ken. This is a good one. Who is your celebrity crush? We all have. Oh them. man, we all have them, and, and I know your wife will probably. I don't know if she's gonna listen to this or not, but I'm sure she knows everybody. She probably has a celebrity crush herself. Everybody does. She better not. Now she knows it's good for her. <laughs> uh, let's see mine. Let's see. Hmm. It's a tie, man. It's a tie between like early 2000s Britney Spears and like 1997 Sunny. Okay. Yeah. All right, I can see that. See that? You know, you, oh, I was going to make a Sunny joke, but I, I shouldn't. Uh, ah, I shouldn't make it. I right. love Sunny. She's the best. She is. Every time yeah. I see her, she's so pleasant to me. Yes. yes. Probably because we're both really angry, miserable people, but that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm just going to move on from... She's the best. She's the best. All right, question number nine. What's something popular that you don't see the appeal of? And before you answer, most people will say TikTok. That's the most, that's the answer I've gotten the most is they don't understand how TikTok is so popular. But now we already know that you indulge in TikTok. Well, hey, from time to time. I indulge in it because that's where I get all my conspiracy theory videos from. I love a good conspiracy theory. And there's nothing better than watching a bunch of basement dwelling losers <laughs> sit and talk about how the lizard people are taking over and that Michelle Obama's a man. Like, I love that stuff. Yeah. I don't care if it's real or fake. I just, I appreciate the time they put into it. Uh, but things, let's see, something that I, I don't understand why it's so popular. Uh, guys wearing skinny jeans. 
Oh yeah. I, why is that so popular? It's so restrictive. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, I guess it's kind of weird for me to say wearing trunks to wrestle in, uh, but like, how do you move? Yeah. Like, I can't do my day-to-day job. Like, I can't do anything in pants like that. So just rip them. Right. right. Like, I don't know. It's weird to me. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I'm not a, you know, you probably look at me and think I'd be a skinny jeans guy, but. Uh, no, no, no. Oh. You seem like a, a pleated Dockers kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll live with that. I can live with that. Or, uh, or a tracksuit guy. You know, I, Fair. I that's like, true I like, too. I like a good tracksuit. All right, question number ten. Our final question. Uh, it's more of a serious one. Uh, what advice would you give to an aspiring young wrestler? What's the best piece of advice you would give them? Let's see. Uh, what's the language rating on the program here, Kevin? Well, uh, you could say anything you like, and we will uh, bleep it in post production. So uh, you can okay. fire away. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll bleep it. Let's see. This is a two-parter, I guess. Ears open, mouth shut, and never pass up a good opportunity to shut the fuck up. Mm. Um, and to, to, if you don't understand what that is, so many guys are thinking about how they're going to respond when they've been said and something's been said to them that they're not really listening because they're so busy trying to formulate their response. Um, just listen. Listen to everything that's being said to you, and then you can process it afterwards. But, you know, a lot of guys, uh, we give these, we give the knowledge, and we get the knowledge because somebody is generous enough to share with us. So the least you can do is listen, like truly listen. Yeah, uh, that's that's excellent advice, very profound. And, uh, yeah, I think that could apply. I'm a wise person. Yeah. <laughs> That could apply not just for pro wrestling, but really. That's life. That's life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't think about what you're going to say. Just listen and take it in and really, you know, not just not just listen or not just hear it, but listen. And I think there's, there's a difference. So, yeah. Excellent advice. And I would say any aspiring young wrestler who gets to be around Ken Dixon uh, should listen. Uh, and if they don't, you know, that's on them. We're going to listen one way or another, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do it the easy way or the hard way, right? One way or the other. Right. And you'd actually probably prefer the hard way. Sometimes. Yeah. All right, Ken. Well, uh, before before I let you go, uh, where can people, I almost don't even want to ask this, but I have to ask every guest, Ah. where where can people follow you on uh, social media? But, but before, but, but if you follow Ken on social media, Please don't retweet that hashtag cancel Kevin Eck. Just don't don't get that stuff. Tweet about it right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. I'm gonna follow you back. Uh, unless you got big boobs or something, and I like that. So that you might get back follow back there. Uh, at the underscore Ken Dixon, that's the same for Twitter and Instagram. Um, I don't talk about anything serious. It's all nonsense. Uh, and I'm so that's what I like. That's it, man. I'm pretty simple. All right. All right. Well, uh, Ken, I enjoy, uh, I enjoyed this conversation and, uh, and I appreciate you taking time out of your, uh, I know you have a busy schedule. I know you have a lot going on. So 
a lot of TikTok videos. I did not get to look at my steak TikTok videos, my conspiracy TikTok. Like I need to know what time Hillary Clinton is going to die tomorrow. And probably in, me from that. Yeah. Well, probably after she eats uh, some of those kids, right? The they kids in Haiti, like the just got shot on the Alec Baldwin movie set. Right. Oh, yeah. Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yeah. I think the Clintons were behind it, but I uh, do too. Yeah. We don't, we don't want to go down a rabbit we'll, hole. We'll talk anyway, about that later. You'll talk about that later. But anyway, thanks Ken, man. I, I appreciate it. And, uh, I'll just say again to people, like, don't sleep on Ken Dixon. I think yeah. you're going to see more of him. I think this thing with uh, the bouncers and Caprice and Ian, I, I, I mean, this, I can see it. I, I just see this. Turn it up. Yeah, I can see it coming to a head. I, I, I would stay tuned to Ring of Honor Wrestling for sure in the, in the next few weeks. And, um, yeah, watch week by week on YouTube every Tuesday at 1 o'clock. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, I just think it's bound to happen because I know you. I know the bouncers. Uh, and I know Caprice. And uh, I have a feeling something's going to happen. But I'll just say violence always finds a way, Kevin. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. But Ken, thanks again. And I want to thank everybody out there for listening today. And I want to remind you that a new episode of the ROH Strong Podcast drops every Monday morning on ROHWrestling.com and most podcast platforms. Keep it locked into ROHWrestling.com and ROH's social media channels. That's at Ring of Honor on Twitter and Instagram facebook.com slash ring of honor for news regarding upcoming episodes also for the latest roh news and views you can read my column uh ken and the, and the bouncers never miss it it's called x files every friday on rohwrestling.com until next time this is kevin x saying stay safe and let's all be roh strong.